Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Game Time with Boomer Esiason. This week's guest is two-time Rose Bowl winner and BCS champion, UNC's Hall of Fame head coach, Mac Brown. Presented by GEICO. Today's guest comes into the 2021 season as one of the winningest active head coaches in college football. He led his Texas Longhorns to the 2005 BCS National Championship, and he is now enjoying his second stint at the University of North Carolina, where his Tar Heels boast a Heisman Trophy contending quarterback in Sam Howell. It's my pleasure to welcome in Hall of Fame coach Mac Brown to game time. Coach Mac, it's great to see you. I'm wearing my light blue just for you today. Thank you, Boomer. You may get sick of seeing all this blue around me because we've got plenty of it around here for sure. But I knew you didn't like it very much. But thank you for honoring us today with those colors. I'm I'm a big fan of yours. Always have been when you play. You know, kind of interesting, uh, Coach, that recruiting was suspended literally for 15 months and it didn't come back until this past June. What was it like trying to recruit? you know, and coach at the same time through a pandemic when, you know, basically you got 18 to 21 year old kids that you have to try to corral to make sure that they stay healthy so that you can actually get through a football season. Boomer, it was crazy. Again, last spring I was pouting and saying, you know, I got out of TV. I was having fun. I come back. I can't see my team. I don't have staff meetings. We can't coach. I mean, this is crazy. What am I doing? And my wife said, maybe you were brought back to lead. Maybe you were brought back to show these young people how to handle this with their families having some issues and our, our world is having issues. And maybe you're supposed to help your coaches and guide them. And so I got chewed out, I think, one afternoon when I was at home and went back to work and, and really found that uh, we, we had three and a half weeks of absolutely no COVID. Some of our guys went to a restaurant to eat. Of course, it was the offensive lineman. They yeah. brought it back. We had 37 in about two days, so we had to shut down for a while. And we just had a little conversation said, listen, I can go fish. I can go play golf. I'm going to be fine. They're paying me anyway. If you want to play, you're going to have to create a bubble like the NBA did, and you're going to have to stay in that bubble. Yeah, you know, the pandemic uh, obviously 
affect you both on the field and off the field when it comes to recruiting. Now, the next interesting saga that we're about to enter into, the wild, wild west of the NCAA, is what the Supreme Court is going to allow. You know, 9 nothing uh, sends a very strong statement when it comes to name, image, and likeness for these players. And as a coach who has been around these players for years and years and years, and, you know, you've been a recruiter, you've been a very good recruiter, uh, how does this change the landscape now for a head coach? I mean, do you have to have tax classes now? And what is going to be allowed? What's not going to be allowed? Who's pushing the limits? Is there a governing body that's looking at all of these things? What are the different aspects of all of this that you're going to have to deal with? You got transfer portal. And now you jump up after COVID, after all the social injustice we've dealt with. Now you got name, image, and likeness. I wasn't in favor of it because I'm the old school amateurism and I thought that was fair. Again, my wife Sally said, students have always had benefits. They weren't extra benefits. Student athletes have always had the problem with extra benefits. So why not, if the artist can sell his stuff and the musician can go play and make money, why can't the, the football player, why can't the athlete use their name for name, image, and likeness? So I've got it. So we're working as hard as we can now as a university to make sure we get group licensing so it'll affect the entire team, not just a player. And then you've got guys like Sam Howell and he's gonna make his money. And, and then you've got to deal with the locker room. But I, I really feel like that a few guys on the team might make a lot of money, but a lot of the guys are gonna make a little money. So we've told them, you've got to handle your ball before your brand because they're sure not going to pay you unless you're one of the best players. I mean, <laughs> no, period. So, I, so forget yeah, it, man. That's it's it, man. It, it. It's crazy. You know, your school actually posted there's no better place to launch your brand than Carolina. I can't even imagine that. It's so hard for me to even think about that. You know, obviously, I played 40 years ago at the University of Maryland. But here we are in the real life where these athletes now all of a sudden do have a brand, and your school is going to promote those brands. Oh, I think all of us are going to have to promote the brands, either get in or get out, Boomer. And, and that's the, the way it is because it will affect recruiting. And whether we like it or not, guys are branding themselves. So we've actually started a, an institute, a Coleman Institute, to help guys with their brands. All right, we're just getting warmed up with Coach Mac Brown. Stay with us as game time continues right after this. You're watching Game Time with Boomer Esiason, brought to you by GEICO. Welcome back to Game Time. Mac Brown grew up in Cookville, Tennessee as the middle of three brothers. Both their father and their grandfather were legendary football coaches in their own right. In addition, they owned a sporting goods store right across the street from the Wilson Sporting Goods plant that actually manufactured uniforms and equipment for Mac's boyhood favorite team. That would be the New York Yankees. Mac, I'm from Long Island, and I'm a Met fan. I can't stand the Yankees. How does a kid from Central Tennessee become a Yankee fan? I think you just grew up on the wrong side of the tracks and needed <laughs> counseling and get some help so you can be a Yankee fan in the, in the long run. You know, I, I was uh, Casey Stengel. I loved all the things that Coach said. And then Yogi Berra was just somebody I adored and all the things that he said that made no sense but i understood them and they were funny and and then you start looking at that uh, the lineup and and roger maris and mickey mantle had their jerseys hanging in my dad's sporting goods 
store, and I think we're uh, we we learn what we live. And I lived with the Yankees in Cookville, Tennessee. Now, I read where your grandmother didn't encourage your dreams or you to follow your dreams in the footsteps of Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. Is that true? Yes, grandmother was tough. My, my grandmother said, there's a lot of doctors and lawyers. There are very few Mickey Mantles and Roger Maris's. So, boy, you need to be a doctor or a lawyer. And my granddad walked in right after grandmother walked out. He was the legendary coach, winning his coach in Middle Tennessee high school history and superintendent of schools. And he said, boy, you better do what you enjoy because you'll never work a day in your life if you love what you're doing. So don't listen to your grandmother. You go do what you want to do. So uh, he wasn't going to sit in front of her because she was a lot tougher than granddad. But uh, there's there's a lot to be said there. And for young people, nothing's irreversible, especially before you get your families. Go try stuff. Your dad was a football coach. Your grandfather was a football coach. I'm, I'm assuming, and maybe this is a, a false assumption on my part, but you can correct me, that your dad was pretty tough on you and probably wanted things a certain way. And that's probably why you are the way you are today. My dad was so tough on me, Boomer. I mean, it was every minute of every day. I, I've lived with this little chip on my shoulder that nothing's ever good enough. And I think it is a, a driving force that's really helped me. But I'm also trying to have a little more fun because dad, fun wasn't part of his deal. <laughs> I mean, it was just a, a deal where, boy, you get up every day, you earn what you're supposed to do. I, I still say yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. I still open every door for anybody that walks in front of me, and people say, yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. You don't have to do that. And I said, my dad's sitting right here. I do have to do that. So that's just the, the way I was raised again with that environment and the way it is. He told me one time we, we opened up here, as you well remember, we were 2 and 20, and we were awful. And dad came to see me and he'd, he'd gotten shot down in the war in a plane. So he had to drive everywhere. He wasn't going to fly. And he said, Hey boy, if they fire you for losing like you are now, you'll never get another job. You might should consider cheating. I said, dad, <laughs> what an awful thing for a dad to say. And he said, well, I'm just telling you it's not working. Well, you better change something. And he was right. Your dad from the greatest generation, my dad from the greatest generation, they both gave us a chip on our shoulder and we'll take it. We'll return okay. with Coach Mac Brown right after these messages. Brought to you by the Ford Bronco Sport. Built Ford Tough. It's time for a change. Instead of working from home, work from your luxury suite at Midtown Manhattan's crown jewel, the Kimberly Hotel. Now offering special monthly rates with the most impeccable safety and hygiene protocols to keep you safe. Game Time with Boomer Esiason, brought to you by GEICO. When he first began turning around the Texas Longhorns program, arch-rival Oklahoma seemed to always block Mac Brown's squad from winning the conference title. Some frustrated fans in Burt Orange Nation weren't sure what Brown could do for them and dubbed him Coach February. Now, you went head-to-head -head against Nick Saban I don't know how many times, but of course you won the Vince Young sweepstakes, if you will. Somehow you convinced Vince to come to your school and allow Vince to be the quarterback that he ultimately became the All-American. He led you to the BCS National Championship. You went head-to-head -head with the great Nick Saban. Can you remember how you won that recruiting battle and what did you say to Vince Young that made him choose Texas? Uh, th there was uh, a lot of questions of whether Texas would play a, a quarterback of color at that time, Boomer. 
And what I did is I just told him, I'm going to play the best player. I don't care how you look. I don't care how much money you've got. I don't care where you're from, but I'm going to play the best player. And then he was actually struggling his second year. And uh, we, we get beat by Oklahoma 12 to nothing. Didn't score for the first time, 190 years probably. And then we come back and he he's completes nine passes against Missouri the next week, four to us and five to them. And, and I pulled him out and I said, okay, that's enough. I benched him. We came back, won the game 28-24, and I sat down with him the next day, and you, you've played this complicated position that is the most important position in football, period. And I said to him, I don't know what's happened to the guy I recruited. You're, you're tall, you can run, you're smart, you can throw, but you've allowed your family, you've allowed the fans, you've allowed the media to change who you are, and you're, you're not playing with any confidence at all. So I'm going to give you one more week. And, and if you don't play well, I, I told you I'm not going to move you, but I'm going to bench you. I, I can't keep you out there playing like this. So he stunk in practice. We're playing Texas Tech. They're number 10 in the country. We're going to Lubbock. I'm standing there, Boomer, in pregame, and he's bouncing the ball halfway to the receiver. So I, I'm just saying, okay, I think our Vince Young days may be over. And that day, I, I said, the, right before the game, I said, the only stat any quarterback will be remembered for are wins and losses championships. That's it. Nobody cares about how many passes you threw or completed or anything else. So that day he rushed for 250 yards. He passed for 250 yards. Mm. I'll never forget. He completed 11 out of 15 and he never lost another game. And he went 30 and two as a quarterback. So that mindset, that confidence is so important. And especially at that position that we allowed it to get below what it should have been. And and lack of confidence is a disease in life, but it's sure a disease in sports, and it's a detriment. And after that, he played great from then on. And You know, the amazing thing about that championship game between you and USC and, of course, Pete Carroll, Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, I mean, it was a cast of thousands in, in, the, in that uh, national championship game. You know, it was the final score for Vince Young. It was almost like that was the crowning achievement of all the things that you had been through with him. Now, did you call the play at the end of the game that he ends up scoring on, or was that just him being him? Boomer, you'll love this as a quarterback. So we gave him two or three plays, five plays to pick from before the game started. And said, if it comes down to a critical play, which one you want? And we, he told us. And then we mm -hmm. got on the sideline and did it again. And all I said to him was, your arm's really good, your feet are better. <laughs> if it's not open quick, man, run it. We're, we're talking about five yards here. And yeah. I was so proud of him and our team because he not only ran for five, he ran for nine, he scored. There's 19 seconds left. He doesn't throw the ball in the, the stands and get us a, a penalty. He doesn't spike the ball. He holds the ball. He takes it to the official. He goes back on the field. He gets prepared for the two-point play. We didn't call a great two-point play, but he made it work because he ran over the linebacker. Selvin Young was blocking for him, uh, and that changed the game. We, we forced USC to use a timeout. Uh, we got the two-point play, so that puts us up by three, so they've got to have a long field goal to, to even tie. Uh, so uh, I, I was so proud of him in the biggest moment, the biggest stage in college football that he could be on for him to get there and still so, show so much composure and class uh, that, that that made me feel really, really good about the growth he had from that young quarterback sitting in my office wondering about whether he could play or not 
to, to winning the national championship. Well, he certainly proved his worth, that's for sure. We'll be back in a moment for more with Coach Mac Brown. You're watching Game Time with Boomer Esiason, brought to you by GEICO. Welcome back, everyone. Hall of Fame coach Mac Brown returned to Chapel Hill in November of 2018 for a second tour of duty with the Tar Heels. Football isn't the drug, he said. It's to see a player return to campus 20 years later with his family, and he tells you, I'd never be where I am today without this university and this team. Why is that so important to you, Coach? I think that the thing that you get into coaching for is because you're passionate about the game, but you're passionate about the young people that play it. And, and Father's Day, I get so many texts and, and, and calls. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate this. And there's no greater gift. It's the stories. It's it's the Christmas cards. It's the looking at the success. And and what a powerful thing to think you as a coach could do a little something to to guide someone toward a better life at a very difficult age, as our players are. I always thought Carolina was like like a great place for a football program to really uh, develop uh, not only just great players like Lawrence Taylor and some of the players that you sent into the pros this year, but really to be consistently good. Why have you been able to turn this thing around and get it back to where it was? The familiarity with the place, the love of the place, the the, the true academic uh, school that it is, the wonderful little college town, but you're close enough to Raleigh and Durham, you can visit the city and still have your small campus. Mm -hmm. But there's so many football players between D.C. and Atlanta, and that's our footprint. And, and they're going to be attracted to us if we're the cool place to be. And, and when I came back, I asked the administration to, to help me now. I said, I can't come back and lose. I'm not, I'm not into that. So you got to help me. And they have done everything we've asked them to do to move forward. We, we were one of the seven teams to have sellouts uh, every week two years ago. After last year, obviously the pandemic was different. We've already sold out all of our season tickets after the horrible year people had financially. So things are good, Boomer, and, and we're really excited about moving forward. Uh, we were so close to, to Notre Dame at the end. We lose with a minute something left. We're so close to A&M with five minutes left without four of our best players. Then we, we got whipped on the road with Virginia and FSU. So we know we're getting there, but we got to keep our mouth shut now and take the next step. We got to play. Right. A sleeping giant for sure. That's what North Carolina is when it comes to football. We'll be back for some final chalk talk thoughts with Coach Mac Brown right after this. Drive into Manhattan for an unforgettable staycation at Midtown Manhattan's luxurious Kimberly Hotel. Treat yourself to New York City without the crowds, protected by our highest safety and hygiene protocols to keep your family safe. Welcome back to Game Time, everyone. Everything else in football might have changed, former Florida State coach Bobby Bowden once said, but recruiting has it. Let me tell you something. If Mac Brown was in that house before you, forget it. You'll lose. 
Now, you've mentioned your wife, Sally, and how important she is to you and how she reads you and understands everything about you. She actually even said you could charm a cactus. And what, so what is the secret to remembering everybody's name and keeping everybody and making everybody feel comfortable, Coach? Number one, it's being honest. I'm at a wonderful point in my life where I just tell the truth. And if you always do what you know is the right thing to do and you tell the truth and you're fair and you're consistent, life's not that complicated. I've always said football's not complicated, people are. And we have to simplify our conversations. So it's not just what I say, it's what you hear because that's important. And, and many years ago, my granddad said in the first 60 seconds that you meet somebody, people are gonna make 60% of their impression of how they feel about you. And he said, the most important thing is their name. So you need to remember names. It's important to them. It's important to their family. So say the name. When you're talking to them, repeat the name. When you're leaving, say the name at the end. And that is so true. So let's talk about your quarterback, Sam Howell, Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, do you think he has what it takes to get to the next level? And how good can he be? Uh, yes, on he does have enough to get to the next level. He's got it all. He's smart. He's tough. He's passionate. He, he's in the office more than I am. He's got a great touch on the ball. He can throw the great deep ball. He's smart. Uh, he can lead. Uh, he's strong enough with his legs and he's lost some weight. He's gotten more flexible. He, uh, flexible. he can break some tackles. Um, so all he needs to do is have a team that rallies around him. We, we need to win a championship. And that helps with the Heisman. That helps with the NFL. You know, that's all about winning. So five guys drafted in the NFL this year. As a former New York Jet, I have to say that I'm very interested in to see what Michael Carter brings to the Jets. Give me a little brief synopsis on him and what to expect. Really explosive. He's got the patience to wait till the hole opens, the power to get through it, and the explosiveness and the speed to go score. Plus, he's got tremendous hands out of the backfield. I think he's a real steal for the Jets. All right, one bonus question for you, and this is for all our vis uh, viewers out there. It's a little trivia question. Who are the two brothers who lead all college coaches in both combined career wins and career losses? It would be the Brown brothers, Watson and Mack, and they're just ahead of the Dooleys, Vince and Bill, <laughs> because somebody gave me that stat a few weeks ago. You are correct, Garth. Thanks to Coach Mack Brown for joining us today and to all of you out there for watching. I'm Boomer Esiason, I'll see you again real soon right here on Game Time with Michigan State's Hall of Fame basketball coach, Tom Izzo. What was it like trying to recruit, you know, and coach at the same time through a pandemic? When you're recruiting off Zoom all the time, and then in June they could come in, You'd have some guys walk in and you'd say, oh my gosh, he's so little. He's so much smaller than I thought. He must have been standing on a box. And then you'd have some come in and say, oh my God, yes, yes, come here, sit down. Oh, you look better than I thought. So Zoom recruiting was crazy.